All right, ready for the what? Sure about that? Would somebody says beside you, let's say this together, our Father. Do not sound like you mean it, our Father. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive revelation that is found in Christ. There is no confusion. There is no contradictions in this atmosphere. We behold you as we see ourselves in you. Your name alone is glorified and we are edified for a fresh move. Amen. Amen. All right. Receiving in Christian meetings or receiving in camp meeting, any way you want to call it. Um, we started this last week, Wednesday. and um, I, I started with um, what is uh, a meeting or what is camp meeting. And we said um, there are several kinds of meetings in the body of Christ and a believer must be accustomed to them. We said there is the teaching meeting, and the teaching meeting is where the Word of God is taught primarily, and um, it's, well, that's where we give full time to the Word. The teaching meeting will be the kind of meeting Jesus had with his disciples or with people when he thawed, uh five loaves of bread and two fishes because he taught them, he took them to the wilderness. And he taught them for 30 days and 30 nights. That's a teaching meeting. A teaching meeting will be that one in Acts 17 where Paul was teaching Anuticus further and died and he raised him up and he continued teaching. That's a teaching meeting. And a believer must be accustomed to a teaching meeting. We live in a world and time where people will tell you the lifespan of a believer is 45 minutes. But Netflix movies are 30 hours. <laughs> Are you getting what I say? The lifestyle of somebody is, is uh, one hour. They say, once it is 45 minutes, it's too long. You know, I was talking with a preacher one time, and the preacher was telling me, I said, I, I said, even two hours sometimes in my church is not enough for me to teach. But he said, wow, that's too long. I was wondering, so what do you do in your service? He said, um, we just take some snippets, take it, and just a short word. I said, ah. So you give them a short word, but when they get home, they will have a, sh they will have a long problem. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because let me tell you something. If there's anything I learned as a preacher, is that you should teach the world so much, it will reduce a lot of problem on your neck. Once you teach so much, you won't have people calling you so much and say, Pastor, Pastor, my neck is pressed. They are pressing me. Pastor, Pastor, something just happened in my dream. Pastor, 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 ah, I can't just, I, I, can't, even, I can't even stand up. Pastor, see, the problem is just, I tell those preachers, I was talking with the preacher one time, and I said, I told him, I said, you are just inviting everybody to your pulpit. I said, when do you have time to teach? He said, hey, this and that. Then, as we were talking, somebody called, Pastor, this. I said, do you know this problem that you are just doing? He said, serious. This problem you are trying to handle. And I said, this is a serious. He said, hey, this and that. Okay. You will just die before your time. See me, I'm looking younger. Because <laughs> what I've thought, go on SoundCloud. You got to pick it. You are going through problem. Your solution is on SoundCloud. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. So, teaching meetings. So, a believer must learn to understand that there are teaching meetings where the word of God is primarily taught. Pre-tap, post-test, contest. You know, you see you see the word in the exegesis. You dissect the word. You know, you look at it. There's a series we started over the weekend. I don't know if it's going to be out anytime soon. You should lay your hands on it. Or maybe, if you are a serious Bible student, too, it's only for serious Bible students. We started a series on the falling world, the rebellion of uh, Genesis 6, the rebellion of Genesis 11. You can, you can lay your hands on that. What happened? Is what happened with sin? What what the Torah Obabe issue? What happened in Genesis six? The fall, the giants, the nephilims, monsters. You know those are for serious Bible studies. So if you are really interested, just reach out. We'll give you the sermon because I don't know if I'm going to put it online yet. So it not affects the fate of people. <laughs> Hallelujah. At least for now. We will put it later, but not now. Amen. So, I mean, so teaching meetings. Are you getting what I'm saying? So a believer must be accustomed to teaching meetings. And number two, prayer meetings, where believers come together to pray. Kenneth again once said, when prayer meetings are done, that's not the time to worship. Some people come for prayer meeting and they worship for one hour. So what time do you have to pray? They are singing, how we pray, how we pray, how we pray. How, wait, you, but you came to pray. Why not start praying? <laughs> you know, that's the most interesting song in this life. The, all the minutes you have used, at least if you sang this, I will pray, I will pray for five minutes. That time you used to say, I will pray, I will pray, you would have at least prayed. You know, so, <laughs> I remember some years ago, <laughs> I remember we used to hold prayer meetings there for one hour. And the pastor would just lead in song for 30 minutes. And I told him, so when me, I want to lead prayer, I would just pray all through. So he now said, that's not right. I said, so why is it a prayer meeting if we first do worship for 45 minutes? You will pray. Ah, you will pray. You will pray. So in the prayer meeting, that's what they had in Acts 2. It says they came together, fellowship and pray. The day of Pentecost was a prayer meeting. In Acts 1 verse 14, it says they continued in one accord in prayers and supplication. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with them. And some people are worshipping the Mary, mother of Jesus. Mary, mother of Jesus, prayed in tongues. You see, Acts 3 verse 1, it says in, when the hour of prayer was come, Acts 4, it says they gathered together. It says they prayed and the place was shaking. Heart 5, heart 6, we will, not con we will continually ask this verse 4. We will continually to give ourselves to the ministry of prayer and to the word. So it seemed like prayer was all through the scriptures. You would look at in Jesus' lifestyle, he was praying. So prayer meetings. So we said number one, teaching meetings, right? Where the word of God is taught just like tonight. It's a teaching meeting, right? Uh, I mean, tonight is... I will explain. <laughs> so teaching meetings, uh, prayer meetings, and we said number two, number three is evangelistic or healing meetings, such that evangelistic meetings are where you go on outreaches, you preach the gospel, or you hold a crusade, right? We call it crusade in our today's world, where you just hold a meeting just to preach, get people saved, and the characteristics of that, that meeting is that it's always backed with signs and wonders. So healing must be involved. Anything that involves you teaching outside, 
must be backed with power. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because that is what gets the attentions of all believers. So it was characterized it with healings, miracles, signs, wonders, everything. So those, those are, that's another kind of meeting. So those type of meeting now is different from a teaching meeting. It's different from a regular church service. Because I, we expect that in church, those that come to church at least have a sense of Christianity. So that we're going to teach them. We're going to, that's why I told you, church is like a follow-up meeting to make sure that the believer is growing. Are you getting what I'm saying? So we said a teaching meeting, we said a prayer meeting, we said an evangelistic or healing meeting, and number four, we said there is a workers meeting or leadership meeting, such like in Acts 13, verse one, it says, and certain prophet and teachers gathered together, and the faster than prayed, to receive a mandate. In Matthew 28, verse 11, it says, Then Jesus appointed a place for them, and they met him, and Jesus gave them a mandate. And at 28, Paul gathered the uh, certain prophet and teachers in Ephesus, and he gave them a mandate, and he told them, Take heed to the flock of which wish you are overseers. So there are specific meetings for those things. It's just like in the normal church like this is not what I'm discussing here. I will discuss with the leaders or discuss with workers. There are other discussions we have that is not going to be previewed to the general world. In fact, there are teachings that we teach in this church that you can't even hear except you're a worker. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because it's not your, it's, it's not your, it's not your, it's not your concern. Are you getting what I'm saying? So. There's a prayer teaching meeting, there's a prayer meeting, there is the, which other one? Evangelistic and healing meeting. And we say there's the workers meeting or the leadership meeting or the pastoral meeting, anywhere you want to call it. And there is the Holy Ghost meeting. What is an Holy Ghost meeting? An Holy Ghost meeting is a meeting where the word of God is preached or thought and the needs of the believers are met. The means of the believers are met via the gifts of the Spirit. That is the utterance gift. When I say the utterance gift, the utterance gift deals with the speaking. Tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, the revelation gift, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, the sounding of spirit, then the power gift, the gifts of healing, the gifts of workings of faith, and the gifts of workings of miracles. So those gifts are in operations and the needs of men are met and they live via the room of rejoicing. So in an Holy Ghost meeting, is a multidimensional meeting whereby different things happen, the flow of the Spirit. Why would the Word of God be thought in an Holy Ghost meeting? It would be thought via the inspiration of the moment. It's as though it's not planned. So it's just the Holy Ghost having its free course. Are you getting what I'm saying? And there are services like that where we can just... Uh, me, I'm very charismatic. I'm very Pentecostal. I don't shy from it. Some people say, you are too kidding. I'm not a secessionist. I'm not a skeptic. I'm a believer. I believe in the good gifts of the Spirit. I believe in the move of the Spirit. So there are times where a believer or as a church, we can give room for the Holy Ghost. We can just say tonight, we are just giving room for the Holy Ghost, diverse miracles, diverse signs and wonders, tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues. Are you getting what I'm saying? Revelations, visions, encounters, just so that we can have that time and we live via the room of rejoicing. The needs of men are met. So that shows you've got a problem, a word can come for you in that meeting. You've got an issue, a word of knowledge can come in that kind of meeting. 
And it is happening via the flow. Believers are functioning together. That shows a believer must be taught how to flow with the Holy Ghost. A believer must be taught how to flow with the Holy Ghost. So we have those kinds of meetings in the body of Christ. So we said there's the teaching meeting, right? We said there is the prayer meeting, right? The evangelistic meeting or healing meeting. We said there is the what? The workers' meeting, and uh, we said there is the Holy Ghost meeting. So, and that comprises of all the meetings in the body of Christ. So, what is a camp meeting? Why are we having a camp meeting? A camp meeting is a combination of everything, minus probably the evangelistic meeting. But you will receive a mandate in the meeting to go and preach. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's comprised of everything. So it's a special meeting where we put almost everything in practice. And I said that you must be spiritually intelligent when you come to meetings. You must be spiritually intelligent. Last week we looked at there is a place. That is God is a God of places. He, he, he marks out events, he marks out places for men, just like the day of Pentecost, right? You know, we, we, can, uh, we, can say, we can say, you know, there are several things that happen to people in this life. You know, it's just like Isaac. You can name your child Isaac today, but Sarah, Sarah knows the encounter for Isaac because Isaac means laughter. Sarah knows, Sarah has that encounter. Are you getting what I'm saying? You can say, oh, my name is Peniel. But <laughs> Peniel is an experience. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So God is a God of encounters. And I explained it to us last week. I said, God is a God of encounters. Such that, you look at, you look at in Genesis 28, Jacob had the vision, had an encounter, and he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew not. So that means God can be in a place, and you will not know. And he called that place, he anointed the place. We, said, we looked at that and we said that city was called Lost before. And because of his encounter, he anointed the place and he called the place Bethel. Then God appeared to him in Genesis 35 and says, I am that same God of Bethel. That means he called it a name. Are you getting what I'm saying? He called it a name. So that means a man can have an encounter and have a specific encounter such that that, that experience is so personal to him. So personal. That is like saying, oh, this, this happened in this day. I shared some of my encounters too with you last week. You should listen to the message. I told you, I said December 29th. December 25, 2019, it was, a, it was a strong encounter around 12, 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. in the night. I was in a meeting, praying, hands was laid on me, and immediately I had a vision, a very audible voice, pack your bag, go to New York. That's why I'm here. I can't forget it. That's an encounter. I have never and would never have imagined myself being in New York. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, men can have encounters. Men can have those meetings. And just by being intelligent, you can receive what rubs in the atmosphere. I was explaining something last week, and I said, when rain is falling, it depends on, and you want to get water from the rain, it depends on the kind of cup you would take to the meeting, right? To the, you, it's the type of cup you would take outside. 
If you decide to take a wine glass cup, that's what you will get, right? But if you take a drum or a bee container, I mean, you're going to keep getting, you're going, you're going to be full to the overflow. So, but a lot of people, they just, their minds are not even open. They're just coming to church. And I, I think I've been talking about this for a while because I think Christians need to understand why they come to church. When you were coming this evening, what did you think you were coming for? That's where it starts from. When you were leaving your house, when you were dressing up, when you were saying, oh, I'm going to church. What did you think you were coming for? Because in Matthew 18, it says, where two or more people are gathered, he is there in their midst. So that means that same Jesus who walked upon the street of men 2,000 years ago is right here now. That's the person we are planning to have an encounter with in camp meeting. Oh, but let's start from tonight. That same Jesus who walked upon the earth, who showed himself to Abraham, who showed himself to Isaac, to Jacob, is here now. Because he said it in his word. When two or more people are gathered in his name, we are not, we are not gathered in the name. You know, we can switch this meeting now, just turn it into a game night. Right? I mean, we can stun, switch this meeting and turn it into a party. The only thing is we just order a pizza, order a drink, <laughs> get a screen, we will use uh, the projector, watch a movie. We can even turn it into a movie night. I mean, it's a building. Are you getting what I'm saying? We can switch them, but we have decided and said we are gathered in his name. So the activity of his name is why we are here. And that's why I say a church can't be a fun fair. No, it can't be. And some people think I'm because it's because I don't want to play. Ah, I want to play. I want to have fun, but not in church. Are there times for it? Why not? Come for Thanksgiving. We are going to celebrate Thanksgiving in church. And come and see how we will play. That time you won't even see notice that I'm a pastor. Because you won't see me as one. Because by the way I did, by the, by the time we start on Uno game, and I give you plus four, <laughs> and plus two, you will remember that I'm a pastor. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but not church meeting. It's a sacred garden. We are gathered in his name. So that means when we come together, that same Jesus is the same person we are gathered to meet. And this is bringing me to what I'm tr trying to share tonight. We said last week there is a place. So, that means everything we read and see him do in the four gospel, we must expect him to do it in our midst. You don't understand what I'm saying. In Matthew 18, it says, when two or more people are gathered in my name, I am there. So that means whatever we have seen him do in time past, in his word, in the four gospel, he can do it again when we are gathered. So that means, as we are seated right here, in his name, listening to me, you know, in Luke 5 verse 17, he says, the word of God was present and when Jesus was teaching. So that means, as I'm teaching right now, if you have a need 
or if you have even a sickness, it can leave. If only you know why you are here. That's why I tell people. Some people say, I'm not feeling fine. That's why I did not come to church. That is actually why you should come to church. Except you don't know the reason why, except you don't know the reason or what happens in church. I can get to what I'm saying. Except you don't know what happens in church. There is healing in church. There is refreshing in church. I'm not saying refreshment too. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? I said, we don't know what happens in church. So, when they gather, it's just like in Matthew 18, verse 6, Matthew 8, verse 16, Matthew 12, verse 15, it says, all, he healed them all. So, that means that same Jesus can meet all your needs in a Christian gathering. So why are we having camp meeting? Why are we coming together? We are coming together because that same Jesus wants to demonstrate himself in our midst. And whatever the needs are, he can meet it. He can meet it. You can be thinking, how is he going to meet this need? Well, just believe God. I remember two months ago, I went for a meeting. And I was just praying. I was just, because anytime I'm in a meeting, I try to be very focused. I don't try to... Look, I don't, it's just me and God, or me and the preacher in that place. So I was just praying, I was just trusting God. It was a worship time. And my desire in that meeting is I had a debt I need to clear. But I took it to the meeting, trusting God that God, maybe after the meeting, something will happen. Probably a word will come that your debt will be cancelled and I will hold on to that word. And after the meeting, something will happen. As I was just there, somebody just tapped me. Hello. I, mean, I, don't, I don't like even, I wasn't even wanting to, to respond because I mean, why were you tapping me in the, in the midst of worship session? Ah, focus now. I mean, I'm not part of those people that used to raise camera and be doing video. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a meeting, focus. This person tapped me, tapped me, brother, brother, okay. Um, what's happening? He said, God said, he said, I'm, I'm so sorry to disturb you. God said, I should ask you, what's your desire? Ah, I pulled up my phone. <laughs> yeah, the one that said, what's my desire? I showed him the first number one. I want my debts cleared. <laughs> he said, wow, you, it seemed like you know what you want. I said, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know exactly what I want. I know why I came here. He said, well, um, that's why I tapped you. I'm going to help you out. And that's how he sent me the money and cleared it. Hallelujah. So, <laughs> there is no desire that you have that God cannot meet. It's because you have limited God. It's just like, I'm asking you a question. Just like you are coming to today's meeting, what was on your mind? What was your desire? What was your expectation? When rain is falling, is the is the amount of cup you take outside that determines the water you will get. So that means if your desires is little, that's what you will get. So some people will leave camp meeting and say, "Oh wow, it was such a meeting." And you will be looking at them and say, "Ah." Was it not the same meeting I was? What happened? Nothing happened. Are you wondering? So I share testimony. I ask people. I've, because I've been a pastor over years. And some people tell me, ah, I was in that meeting. Nothing really happened. Then I ask them, talk to that person. Something happened to that person's life. 
what did the person do that you did not do? That's why it seems like we do preparation service. Just so that your minds are, are keen on what it is. Okay, let's, see, let's take a look now. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday evening service. When you were coming to this service, what was on your heart? What were you trusting God for? Because that way, you know that because God is in our midst, the same thing he did 2,000 years ago when he walked upon the street of May, he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So can God do you good in a meeting like this? Ah, except his word, except his word, except you don't believe his word. So when you call for meetings, you must understand. Or you must have a consciousness that there is nothing you are trusting God for that cannot be done. There is nothing you are trusting God for that can be done. So, like I said, and I will say this. If you come for a camp meeting and nothing happens, then Jesus is a liar. Mark my word. If you come for this year's camp meeting, supernatural camp meeting, and nothing happens, nothing changes in your life, then Jesus is a liar. Except his word is not true. Are you getting what? Because we are praying, we are going to pray, and we are still yet going to pray. We are going to trust God. It's an atmosphere we are creating for God's power to move. So, if nothing happens, then Jesus is a liar. Then his word is not true. Because he says in his word, how God anointed Jesus of that, who went about doing good. So that means God wants to do good. So that means he is here tonight trying to do good to somebody. But it depends on if and how ready the person is ready to take it. So it's not... Many people blame God. And I think I said this in some island campaign when we're studying and we're saying, can God choose not to heal? And we said, no. It depends on how much you are ready to receive. Some people don't want to receive healing. I've seen people in this same America just because of disability fund, they don't want to be healed. Then you will not be wondering, ah, why God? They came for meeting. Why God? Ah, it's not why God. It is why them. I've, I've tried to pray for certain people before, and the people said, no, sorry, leave me alone. Uh, you wonder, is it God that wants them to be sick? How can God want people to be sick? If many of, majority of what he did in the four gospels was healing people, how would he not want people to be sick? Such that people touched just ordinary his garment and they were healed. That's to tell you, we go as far as any lens to heal anybody. Now, how much more your desires? But it depends on the number, the amount. So imagine the kind of container you are bringing to camp meeting. So if you decide to bring a wine glass to camp meeting, that's what you receive. If you decide to bring a container, say, every session I am drawing, I am taking. Some people, before the camp meeting, their desires will have been met. They don't want you, Lord, what? <laughs> you have to stretch your desires. Stretch it, go for more. Are you getting what I'm saying? Go for more. So we say God is a God of places. That he marks out specific places, holy grounds, and specific experiences for us. Just like the day of Pentecost. It was an experience. You can speak in tongues today, but you cannot have that experience they had. 
<laughs> you can't have it. It was unique to them. Very unique. You, when you spoke in tongues, you were not in an upper room. You were probably in a lower room. At least we are even in a basement now. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So God does not force himself on man. He gives us information and instructions. And this is leading me to what I'm sharing tonight. We said God, we said God is a God of places, right? Now let's see another one. God is a God of timing. There is a time. Or we'll look for another English later. <laughs> look at Matthew, Luke 19. Let's go to Luke 19. I, I, I really, really, really trust God that you understand what I'm sharing tonight. I know that if you understand what I'm sharing tonight, your approach to, to so many things and your perception will change. So if you have been sleeping, sleep now. Because we are getting, it's, it's about to get really interesting. Look, 19. I, I really want you to pay attention. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you here? Yes, are you still here? Yes. All right. He says, Luke 19, verse 41. I, 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 I trust, I'm, I'm really trusting God that you would understand tonight. All right, Luke, 20, Luke 19, verse 41. He says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. And saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thy eyes. In as for the days shall come upon thee, that thy enemy shall be cast a trench about thee, and a compass around, and keep thee in, in on every side. And they shall lay thee even in the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not live in thee, and they shall not live in thee one, they shall not live in thee one stone upon another, because that thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Mm. It says, Thou knowest not the time of of thy visitation. You see verse 42, it says, He eat them, he eat from your eyes. I'll give you a background story of this scripture. He was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of those people because they were astute students of the law. Who are the Pharisees? Who are the Sadducees? They, they are, it's believed that they are students of the law. That is, the, when I say the law, now I'm talking about the Torah, they understand the law of Moses accurately. They can quote it by heart. They can, they can teach it intently and they understood it. But they didn't seem to understand that the prophet has prophesied all through the Old Testament that there is a coming Messiah. Despite seeing the law, understanding the prophet, knowing the whole Testament scriptures. I mean, remember, in the New Testament, there is no Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John as at this time. So what they had as scriptures was the Septuagint. The Septuagint, I mean, when we say Septuagint now, that's the Hebrew to the Greek and to English and all of those things. But they had just the Old Testament scripture with them. 
So that means they have read, they understood, because for you to be called a Pharisee, it's just like in our world today now, for you to be called a professor, it shows that you have gone through certain things, right? So for them, for you to be called a Pharisee, it's not as if somebody's name is called Pharisee, another person's name is called Sadducee, no. It's a title, it's a function. For you to be called that, it shows that you have gone through certain rudiments, you are already a teacher of the law. And yet, these guys don't seem to understand God's promise. They had willful ignorance. They failed to acknowledge the Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So they spent all their time, all their day in the law, yet when the time of the visitation came, they didn't know. That's why till today, some people, go and talk to some Pharisees. I remember I met one in the airport some, some years back, and I saw him doing the Torah, and I, I tried, I waited for him to finish praying, and I wanted to engage him, because I needed to ask him questions. That, do you believe that Jesus has come? <laughs> Let's face at least start from, has come before, not waiting. <laughs> he said, ah, some people say, some people don't. Ah. So, now, this, that means they are still waiting for the come. <laughs> they are still waiting for a Messiah that has come. And yet, they had the scriptures. When we say scriptures, scripture simply means the Old Testament book. They had the scriptures in their hands. Not just that, they were schooled. They were taught the scriptures. Are you getting what I'm saying? And yet, when the time of the visitation came, they didn't know. Jesus was doing so much in their day. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, doing so many things. Yet, they didn't know. God came down upon the head, walked upon the street of men as a man. They didn't know. So that means you can be around the move of the spirit and don't know. You can actually be in a church where God's spirit is moving and yet you can still be struggling with a problem. You can be, see, you can actually be in a place where God is healing a sick and you are sick and you are not healed because you don't know what's happening there. Remember we said last week, God is a God of places and he appointed places for men, right? And now, we are now saying you can actually be in that place just like in Jacob's story, he says, surely, Genesis 28, the Lord is in this place and I knew not. Ah, so that means, remember what we said, look at where we started from. In Matthew 18, he says, where two or more people are gathered, what's happening there? He is there. So some people can come to church and not know that God is there. Some people can come to church and walk away because they see the pastor have beards. Where did that even come from? <laughs> Are you guess what I'm saying? Some people walk into a church and say, this is not what I envisioned in my mind. And leave. And yet, not knowing that what God wants them to get is in that place. Jesus Christ, the God they've been reading about, the God they've been preaching, 
You don't understand. The God they've been talking to people about in their synagogue came down and walked in their midst and yet they didn't know him. They, they, they kept fighting it. They saw the miracles. They saw the signs. Such that even John the Baptist was still asking a question when he got offended. And say, should we be waiting? Is it, are you the Messiah or should we be waiting for another? You are the one that baptized him and the Spirit said, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear him. All of a sudden, because of offense, he is not the one again. John 1 verse 45, Philip founded Nathaniel. And he says, we have found him. Look at, go there. Go to John 1 45. I want you to see it. John 1 45. So that you can see that some, these guys were just ignorant. John 1 45. He says, Philip founded Nathanael. Are you there? I'll wait for you. He says, Philip founded Nathanael and said unto him, what? He says, we have found him of whom what? Moses in the law and what? The prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So that means this founding him now, was it based on just seeing him? They, they had encountered him as a reason of the written word. I say, this is who the word is talking about. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. Are, are you following me, guys? All right. So that means being close is not enough. You can be very close and not know what's going on. You can actually be in today's service now as I'm talking. And encounters are happening around you. God is showing somebody vision and you are not seeing anything. Then you'll be wondering. Then you will not finish the meeting and say, nothing happened. Ah, just around you, something was happening. There's something people used to say. They say, when God bless your friend, it misses your neighborhood. <laughs> so the people commended. Do you notice that? The people Jesus commended their faith were not Jews. Let's start from Matthew 8. The um, centurion servant. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. And yet he had great faith to believe. In Jesus, in the miracles of Jesus. Look at the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15. She said, ah, even the dogs eat crumbs. This and that, that. she fought for her healing. And Jesus said, I have not seen such a great faith in Israel. So that means being close is not just a no. So the Jews almost missed it. Probably they missed it. Because there must be discernment of what Jesus calls a time of visitation. Unless, I'll say this, unless we get very specific with our expectations, hear me and hear me well, unless you get very specific with your expectations, you all you may be speaking must be maybe ambiguous to you, but unless you are very specific, you might not know what's happening. So that the pastor can call your case. I've been in a meeting before. And I called the case out. And the person had forgotten his case. I was saying, there's somebody here. You, you have this, you have that. And I was looking at the person. And the person had forgotten. Then I told him, is it not you I'm talking to? He said, oh. <laughs> I said, is it not you I'm talking to? The person said, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's true, it's me. The person had forgotten his case. 
That's how the, if I was not patient enough, hope you know that's how the person will miss the visitation and the person will be wondering, God is not in that meeting. Just because the person was insensitive. So there is a proper Bible intelligence you must have that will help you understand things that happens to you. Because there are times and there are seasons. Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time and a season. There are times and seasons and you cannot joke with it. This, I'm teaching you, go and pick what I started last week with you into this week. These are not things you will really hear. But I've got to tell you. How many of you know that there are things called seasons in your life? Where you just say, okay, I'm going through a phase. The God works with times and seasons. And I must understand the specificity of my desires. That means when, my des- when I'm writing my desires, I know what I'm saying. And you see, in this place, it says, in that Luke 14 that we just read, Luke 19 that we just read, it says, Jesus wept. So that means Jesus cried twice in the scriptures. And he was weeping because of the things they didn't know. Their ignorance. So it's not just enough to know what Jesus, it's not just enough to know that Jesus is here when we gather. You can know, you can see, you can say, oh, Jesus is here. But can you, can you lay hold of what is happening? Because you and I know from the written word that Jesus doesn't visit in vain, right? Jesus doesn't visit in, 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 for form fear. He visits for a reason, an assignment. Just like we are gathering here, is he trying to give you candy? Or trying to, I mean, Halloween is coming now. Is he, is he try, trying to give you popkins or <laughs> and say, happy Halloween? Is that what God is? <laughs> you might not Jesus want to even, to even use uh, any event. It can't be Halloween. <laughs> I said Jesus want to come like a witchcraft in the night. <laughs> I'm just joking. So go back to that Luke 19. He says, Go back to that Luke 19 that we are reading. Are you learning something tonight? Uh, please, you've got to, you've got to, I beg you, you've got to learn something. Uh, this, this, what I'm sharing with you today, it took me years to know it. Um, I won't lie to you. I, I won't lie to you. Sometimes I wish I can go back to when I was much younger and relieve certain experiences or meetings that I was in. But it's too late already. Because you can be in a meeting, God can be moving somewhere and you will know. You can miss the time. And some people can be saying, Timmy, there's still another meeting. Ha! <laughs> we are coming. Let me explain this. I'm coming, I'm coming somewhere. I will show I'll I'll tell you some personal experiences. I've had administrations that God had to teach me. Look at it. Let's go back to that Luke 19. He says. In that verse, let's look at verse 42. He says, saying, if thou had known. He says, if you have known. So that means they didn't know these things. He now says, in verse 44, because thou knewest not the time of my visitation, of thy visitation. That word time, it was used differently in two Greek words. The word chronos in the Greek, when I mean chronos, I mean chronological order like that, chronos in the Greek, and it means passing of time. 
And it was also used in another word called kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, kairos in the Greek. And it is used for seasons, opportunities, fixed appointments. I'll come again. That word time is used, for two dif- is used in two different ways in the Greek. W- number one way it was used was chronox. That is, if you see time in the Greek now, you'll be seeing it as chronox. That is, it can imply the time is 7 p.m. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or the passing of time, that is yesterday, tomorrow. Are you getting what I'm saying? Passing of time, chronos. And there's another one, that's kairos, and it's used for seasons, opportunities, fixed appointments. So that means in the chronos of the world, there's always a kairos. Because Jesus walked the earthly work of God via in a fixed time. I tell people, I say, why do you think Jesus did not come as at maybe Isaiah's time? Because that's not the time. In Galatians 4 verse 4, go to Galatians 4 verse 4. Paul answered the question for us. Galatians 4 verse 4. Look at Galatians 4 verse 4. It says, when the fullness of time. Are you seeing that word there? Time. It says, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman made under the law. The fullness of time. That's why the incarnation didn't happen twice. Jesus can't come die again and come and die. It's not possible. (laughs) Jesus cannot come down and spend another 30 years. I walked upon the street of men, everybody touching him, everybody eating with him. He can't do it again. That time has passed. We are now in the season where we are preaching the time he has come. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus can't come down again and come and spend 33 and a half years again. That time has passed forever. And those, his own household, they came to miss the time. Even till today, how many Jews are you? How many Jews have you found that they are devout Christians? <laughs> because they missed the time. The incarnation can happen twice. We can't see God come now as a man again to die for the sins. Jesus cannot come now and pay for the sins of the world again. <laughs> you think it's that easy? He can't do it again. So God often fixes specific seasons and moments to do things. The prophet has already prophesied about his coming. If you read through the motives of the scriptures in the Old Testament, you will see, you will see traces that, ah, there's somebody coming. Every other person Jesus saw in Israel. But God doesn't owe them an explanation. Because it is your responsibility to decide. God cannot come and tell you, see me now, see me, see me, I'm the one. I'm the one. <laughs> he can't come and do that. So, because he doesn't owe them an explanation, it's their responsibility to design it. But interestingly, astrologers, the wise men knew the time. God is so humorous. <laughs> they knew the time that they traced it and came to meet him at two years old. That the king is born. And his own people did not know. You don't understand what I just said. 
That is why you can call for a meeting. I tell people. It seems as though, in my little years of experience, that an outsider receives more in a special meeting than church members. <laughs> it seems as those, those that have never even heard the pastor preach before, they've never been in the meeting before, they will just come in for one session, boom, they will just come back and share testimony and say, Brethren, praise the Lord. Ah! I just came home. I've never even heard. They just invited me. And I came. And my life changed. You have been coming on every Tuesday, every Sunday. It now seems like nothing happens. You missed the time. You, you missed the time. Because these guys were familiar. They were like, ah, the king of the Jews. So you can be going to church every Sunday. doesn't mean your life can change. Because you don't know the time and the season. Because you take it as a cultural event. But the wise men say, ah, a king is born. That was what they told Herod. They said a king is born. And, that, and the devil inspired Herod to say, ah, who is the king? I don't know if you are following me this evening. I really hope you are following me. So, and God doesn't owe them an explanation. It's their fault. It's their responsibility. So, you must be discerning. You must be intelligent. Spiritually. You must be very intelligent. It can be through the prayer session. That's why when they tell you to pray, you pray. They tell you lift your hands. Some people will fold their hands. It's your hand paining you. If I thought your hand is paining, who knows? Maybe it's the lift your hand that the hand will go. <laughs> the pain, the pain will go. I've been in healing lines before that I've laid hands on people and people did not get healed until I say, do what you couldn't do before. It is that faith. When I say, do what you couldn't do before, people are turning and they got healed. So as we gather together <laughs> for supernatural camp meeting, and I'm not just doing it for camp meeting, I'm actually doing it, yes, camp meeting, but also our church services. Tuesday meeting like this. Sunday service, Bible seminars, camp meeting. You must know the time. Because you must look out for the visitation. Very specific things. You must. I'll share an experience with you. I was ministering, I think that was your conference, 2020. And God told me something. He said, well, observe something. And I was like, I called, I saw a vision and I called a case out. I'm, I'm actually giving the details more precisely for the first time now. And I called a case. I said, there's someone here. You, you lost touch of the ministry. And some of you will remember that word of knowledge. And I, I was looking at him. And the Spirit of God told me, don't call him. Don't go and meet him yourself. Leave him. Call the case and you will see he won't come out. I called it again. I was pitying him. I called it like five times. It now looked like I did not hear God well. So I had to call other cases so that at least he will cover up. And I was looking at this guy and he was looking at me. And you know God taught me something that day. That never go to a meeting and be prideful. 
I don't go to a meeting and say I'm a pastor. Because I want to receive. I'm telling you the mistakes I've made years ago. There are times then when we were much younger doing ministry because we thought we had something. We'll go for a meeting, you'll be forming man of God, dear. I'm not joking. You don't be forming man of God. You don't be thinking people, because people, people, people have helped you carry your Bible. People have helped you. You don't be thinking, oh, okay. You not get to the meeting too. You sit down. Worship is going on. You sit down. You'll be observing the worship session. Uh, hallelujah. Amen. Go with God. Oh, you just. <laughs> you can miss the time. You can miss the time. I will never forget that experience. I knew when I got home that day, I, I, I had to lie down like, God, I beg you, help me not to, help me not to be like this. That I, me and him, we kept having eye contact. I mean, you conference, you remember now, it was very full and all of those things. But I was, I was very, sweet. I kept standing at the edge to look at him there like, ah. Because, because, I mean, via was via, when you sometimes when you call the case, sometimes via spirit of sin and you can know exactly who you are talking about. Sometimes, sometimes you might not know. Sometimes it can be general. You get to what I'm saying. I was looking at it. I was like, ah. So God said, don't, don't dare it. You have to obey instruction now. You can't go and disobey God at that time. I said, say you will not come out. And I kept looking at it. Today is still a G day. He's still doing um, MC. But who knows? Maybe he will have preached the gospel, taken the gospel across the nations of the world. If he didn't miss it at that time. And you know the funniest thing about things like that? What he missed, what people miss in that kind of meeting now, they will not keep looking for it for the next couple of years of their life because that season has passed. They will not be thinking, oh, we're going to one pillar to post, one this and that. Why did you not... Pay attention when you came. When you know that you came for a service, why did you not pay attention? When you know that you came for a service, why did you not plan to stay all through? I'll share a story. And I've seen this happen. My pastor shared that story. And that, that thing blessed me. And I've seen it happen also. He said, before he got to the meeting, he told some of his pastors, and he said, the Lord showed him a vision and so showed him a guy, the clothes and everything that he's going to wear, the seat he's going to sit down, and the kind of issue he's having, and that when he's about to call his name, he will stand up and leave the service. Ah. I've seen that in Apple, but let me finish this story. And my pastor was preaching. The guy was saying, yes, glory, who? You know, hey. My pastor was like, hey, better don't stand up. Because there was a specific said, don't tell him more. And as he just said, all right, hallelujah, praise God, they finished the world. Let's just be on our feet and let's just watch it. The guy just carried his Bible and left. <laughs> just remaining five minutes, I mean, at least two minutes. For your case to be addressed. I've seen that thing have happened to before. Some people just stand up. Nothing is chasing them. No emergency. Because of pride. They just felt like. Mm, mm, mm. 
You know, some people, and you don't know that the devil is playing, playing on you. You just sit down, you don't be uncomfortable. Go, stand up, go. Just give them an excuse. I've, I've discovered that 90% of excuses that people use to leave service is not really an excuse. It's just... Mm, mm, mm. No, that's not... Because I've done it before. I you get what I'm saying? And they'll just stand up, they'll go. I've had to call a word of knowledge before. Eh? In a meeting. And the person was not around, but the person was supposed to be in that service. Then I asked, and I did a research later, like, why? And I said, this person, why did I mention the person? The person said, ah, he just, he, he was supposed to be here, but he said something was happening. That means nothing was really happening. He just left and he missed the time. Some people go with today, call for camp meeting, take time off. This is this. Say, no, no, no. And they miss the time. Then they will now start looking for what. See, let me tell you something. God is not mocked. If there's anything I've found out in my Christian work and in the truth and the light of the scripture, whatsoever a man sows, he reaps. If you decide to reap disobedience, you decide to, to, to sow disobedience and decide to say, okay, this is the, that thing you are looking for, the thing you are supposed to get, you will keep looking for it for years. Because you will be waiting for the next season. There's something I want to teach next year, or probably changing hopeless situation. Why does it seem that people's problem linger? Have you ever wondered why? I'm going to teach that series next year. It's going to be a series, about five sessions. Why does it seem as though people, they keep coming to church every time, but yet their problem linger? The problem stays. It seems like there is no change. Then the next thing is they are blaming God. No, it has never been God's fault. It has never been God's fault. James 1. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of thorny. Some people can just be too prideful. What is it? I'm, I'm somebody that, if a child knows something than me, I'll, please teach me. There's no, you know. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm telling you mistakes we made when we were younger in the ministry. Because they will call you man of God, they will call you this, gifts of the spirit is flowing, you to you enter meeting not knowing because you don't know how to receive again. And you will just miss the moment, things that God wants to tell you in the meeting because you went there like a man of God. I'm telling you, sometimes I cry. I look back at some meetings I've attended where the move of God is there and I knew that prophecies could have come over my life there. But I came like, <laughs> they can't even call me. If they call me, it's like, you know some people, they think if they call my case, they close their mind to it. If they call my case, it's a disgrace. I'd rather be disgraced. At this stage of my life, I'd rather be disgraced. Let them call my case. If you go call my case, you that you are my member, I will come out. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Ah, because see, as a believer, you must not miss the time. And you know when I'm saying time now, I mean the season, the moment, the opportunity, the fixed appointment with God. You must not miss it. Let's quickly do something. Why didn't they know? 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all of those things. Why didn't they know? Because when we see some patterns, it can help us. Why didn't they know the timing? Why does this seem like they were so blind that they could not see that this is Jesus, the Son of the living God? Why? Number one would be familiarity. Mark 6. Look at Mark 6. Mark 6. I hope I'm really talking to us this evening. Are you sure? All right. Mark 6. Because I'm preparing us for camp meeting. As we start having diverse move of the Spirit, different, you know, needs met, um, cases healed, you know. As we start having those things, we need to understand certain things. Uh, I told you, teaching of God's word will never fail. It will just give you proper knowledge to help you approach. It will help your, it will help your worship of God better. Mark 6, look at what they said in verse 4. Or let's start from verse 3. They said, is this not the carpenter, son of Mary, the brother of Joseph, and Judah, Simon, are they not his sister here with us? And they were offended at him. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor in his own own town, and among his own king and his own house. And there could not do mighty works, save that the ladies on a few sick folk can heal them. Familiarity. They called him carpenter. Jesus called himself prophet. <laughs> you know what I'm they said, this one is a carpenter. Jesus said, me, I'm a prophet. <laughs> Familiarity and dishonor. They just felt like, is this, how with this one that even his father and his mother self, we don't even know where they stole him from. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> you know, Joseph and Mary were not married when Jesus was born. They were still doing boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> And all of a sudden, Jesus was born. Ah, this is the Son of God. <laughs> are you, are you seeing? That's why they could. Tra- they, you know, they did not. We did not know Jesus's brothers. It was unbelief and familiarity that made us know Jesus's lineage. This is not Judas, Simon. They showed us all his brothers. He's a carpenter now. You probably wouldn't even have known that he's a carpenter if they did not tell you here. <laughs> But that's how some people see the meeting. Some people come to a meeting and say, is it not just camp meeting? Ah, it's not just a meeting. Sunday service is not just a Sunday service. Tuesday service is not just a Tuesday service. The glory of God is here. Have we not seen sick being healed in a Tuesday service before? And you want to say, ah, have you not seen this? You can't. Thank God, this is Supernatural Community Church. Have you not seen the sick not being healed on a Sunday service before? Ah, have you not seen cases being called out in a meeting before? And you say it's a just meeting? Have you not seen the glory of God? People, I've seen people come and immediately they came. It was their case I called out first. They don't say, ah, it was as if you were reading my mind. Have you not, some of you that bring people to this church and you didn't even tell me. Have you not seen things like that happen? And you say it's just a meeting. It can't be just a meeting. So what do you call the meeting? Your cell meetings, because I'm talking to all of our other churches too, because they are going to watch me too. Your cell meetings in your different locations, Uganda, Maryland, all of those places, IU, Ball State, 
Notre Dame, those places, it is not just a cell meeting. It's not just a cell meeting. It says when two or more are gathered, he is there in their midst. So as far as two people come together, are you getting what I'm saying? As far as two people is in a service. There was something that they taught me years ago when I was still an assistant pastor then. The pastor said that because I used to wait for people to come to service before we start. Let's say like service is 7 p.m. today now and nobody is in church. I'll be waiting. So I'll sit down. I'll be waiting. The pastor said, no. He said, stand on the pulpit. Be praying. Once somebody comes, start the service. Let them join you in the prayer because God is there. It took me a while to understand that. I was like, oh, wow, that's true. So I would start opening prayer till people come. When people come, I will not lead them into the prayer and praying. Then after we finish praying, we'll sit down and we'll now study the word. Because when two or more people are gathered, it's there, it's not an ordinary meeting. So, Jesus will always use men to meet the needs of men. I've always told you in this church. If you've heard me for a while, you will understand this. God has never come down to do anything after his incarnation. He has always used men. So that means it is men that will bless you. It's men that will meet needs. It's men. He will raise men to demonstrate the power of God for you. He will raise men to teach you. He even said in Ephesians 4, Verse 11, he gave gifts to men, some prophet, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. So it's men that will teach you the word. It's men that will lay hands on you. It's men that will pray for you. And that's God meeting your needs. But some people, because of familiarity, dishonor in their heart, they walk into a meeting and just feel like, is this where they invited me to? A basement. I remember when we were in the city room, holding services. Oh boy, that was, <laughs> that was doom days. People will enter city room like this. They'll tell you I'm not coming back again. Ah, you'll be wondering why. Because we are in a city room. Ah, does that mean that the glory of God could not move in a city room? They say, I want to go and try another church. Ah. Not one, not two, not three said that thing. I just kept looking at them. You know the funniest thing is? They will still come back. Oh. When we buy a building tomorrow, they will come back. Some have even come back to this place and say, wow. Yeah. And some came back, but because, of, because they are too shy and they are too, they are, their guilty conscience is catching them. They, can't, they, they couldn't stay again. They, they disappeared. You know, that's that attitude of dishonor. It's just so, it's just so rampant. I have taken some of you to Nigeria before and I showed you where I received the call of God in, beside a stone. <laughs> that place does not look like <laughs> a normal place. It was a primary school. I mean, elementary school in our world today. So some people miss their time. So because you can't determine who God will use to bless you, you can't. God will raise his man for you. And you have to take it like that. You have to. So these are just common. What I'm doing with us is helping us to understand spiritual intelligence in meetings. Just having common sense. 
Because these are not things that people tell you. You just tell you, come from the church. Come to the church, you will receive miracle signs and wonders. Yes. But I'm not, I'm not like that. My, my, my major goal is that, yes, you, even if you will receive miracles, at least still have a bit of some understanding. Have the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Know why you came. That's why I tell people, come with your Bibles to church so that we don't deceive you. That's why we don't project scriptures on screen. So you can see it yourself. And you can come and ask me questions after that. Pastor, what you quoted though, it doesn't look like it. I remember I was teaching in one of our churches in Notre Dame. I think that was last year. And after I finished service like this, I sir, you explain something in first Corinthians. I say, ah, I made a mistake. <laughs> Anytime I go to that Bible, this, I'm very ready. Because I, they are using their Bible and their marker to follow me. <laughs> they, once they carry their Bible like this, four markers are on their hand. With one jotter, they are writing, taking the marker, following me. Look, in fact, the first time I went there, this are they are looking at me like this. I'm sure they are going to watch this. This are they are looking at me like this. What's this guy saying? Hey, I'm like, you know when you are preaching and everybody is just looking at you with, keep talking. <laughs> but it's good. You get what I'm saying? It's good. It keeps the preacher on the edge. It keeps the preacher on the edge. The reason why preachers can teach and do whatever they want to do on the people is because the people they know that the people they are coming to preach to are not going to check the Bible. <laughs> so you, you just do whatever you want to do. That's God. <laughs> because they will not project it on the screen for you, show you, cause people to take the scripture, bring that Genesis to one place, put another one in that cell, mix it all together, serve you, you eat it, you go home, <laughs> and you sleep. You don't even bother to even drink water because <laughs> you are not checking it. That's why some preachers can preach wrong doctrine and get away with it because their church members are not intelligent. And it's not as if they are not intelligent because they are PhD students that can be sitting down there, but it's just that they are not intelligent scripturally. They don't know how to see the Bible and say, hmm, hmm, what am I saying? Hey, that's why some people will just preach anything, teach you anything, say, oh, there's a power from the Father's house that is, that is injuring you. You say, yes, I said it. <laughs> Where is it in scripture? Eh? Hey. They will bring one, bring one, join it together, <laughs> give you. <laughs> oh, you get to what I'm saying? So you've got to pay attention. So if we allow familiarity to get the best of us, we will miss out on our time. So we say familiarity, right? That's why they missed Jesus in, their, in that time. Familiarity. All they saw was a carpenter. They didn't see him as a man of God. They didn't see him as a man of God. I used to tell you the story of my mom some years ago, some, some, some couple of years ago. She was so sick, terminally sick, that doctors could not find what was going on in her health. They couldn't find it. She went to several hospitals, nothing. She now started going to churches, calling pastors and prophets. She sent several money. Please, it was like the more she sent the money, the more the case became worse. She stopped going to work. She started getting lean. You, she, she, she almost even, did she baba here? 
She, no, she, she was almost babbing her ear. Everything. My father came to me and said, hmm, pray for your mother. Your mother is almost gone. <laughs> the way your father can say that about things, leaves, he has given up because he has tried. He just called to me one night and said, hmm, I said, hey, what's happening? That's how one day, I don't know what happened. I think I, I was walking that time or something. So I just said I should sleep on I just came home that day. Because I hardly come home then. So I just came home and I slept on, slept on her bed. So she just woke me up. Say, hmm. She be you say you're a pastor. Pray for me now. She said, I'm not feeling fine. I said, okay. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. That's simple. She said, she now told me two weeks. I, I, I used to share you the story. She just started calling me. When are you coming home? When are you, when will you come home? I said, ah, what happened? You know when your mother started telling you, when are you coming home? And they tell you, they want to cook for you. Ah, what's going on? What party are we celebrating? She now said, as I got home, she said, heat first. Ah, hey. When she now heard, she now said, hey. You're a prophet, oh. You're a man of God, oh. I've sent money to pastors, sent money to severity, and the solution was right in my house. She said, ah, never again in her life. And that thing taught me a lesson, that a, your answer can be right before you and you will not see it because of dishonor. That day, she respected me, she put more, till today, she used to say, pastor, like my pastor. I'm, <laughs> Anything that happens to her is me she will first call. Hey, pray, oh, pray. She be you say, God answers your prayer. Pray. <laughs> because she has seen results. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, because she, are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Familiarity. You can be seated with her now. And because of familiarity, because you have seen her so black, <laughs> you have called your very my friend. My friend, my friend, and you cannot bless one another. We will say, give word of knowledge in a meeting. You say, no, not this one. Let's go to someone that doesn't really know my case very well. <laughs> Familiarity. Are you getting what I'm saying? They saw Jesus as a carpenter. Jesus saw himself as a prophet. So the man of God can come in as a man of God. As a, I'm a man of God. I want to bless life. I have come to meetings before. I have ministered in places before. Where I knew. I knew I came with the grace of God. And I went back with it. Because people were not ready to receive it. I, I know it. I knew that tonight I was prayed up. I was, you know, every pastor knows what to do. I was praying. I knew that, oh, tonight is the night. But as I started preaching, I just knew these people were not ready. And I took it back. Familiarity. Dishonor. And those of you in a different cell location, you'll be seeing yourself in that one Chebi is this brother. No. That's who God is using. Chebi is this sister. That's who God is using. If we see ourselves, let me tell you something that I changed my perspective on years ago. I see you, especially all of you here now, I see you the way God sees you. So 
even if I want to have another impression of you, one of the first impressions I have of you is you are a man in Christ. You are a sister. You are my brother. I, I, I built up that perception because it, I think it was Frederick Price. It was a preacher in America. They said he had about a thousand members and he knew every member every member's name word for word. You call, you can call your all your full name, this sister, and he knows everybody, he knows everything. And I wonder, how was this man able to do this thing? You have a, more than a thousand, and you can call everybody's member. You even, it's, I think, even knows their birthday. Yeah? More than a thousand members, you know, ah. I, I, that was a deliberacy. I just picked a lesson from me that. That means he was intentional about who God has given him in his church. And I just took it from there and I said, wow, okay. I will see everybody in supernatural community church the way God sees them. At least that would be my first instincts to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that way, we can receive from one another. So when you're going for a meeting like this, or you're preparing for like a meeting like this, you must guard against familiarity. Guard against familiarity. That's what they did. Now, another, two, another, another two thing before I get into my, my major thing and I'll close is offense. You can be offended. Matthew 15, verse, uh, verse 12, they were offended at him. When you go to a meeting like this, if you have anything against anyone, deal with it. Those are spiritual intelligence. You don't keep malice. Imagine you are keeping malice with a church member. You are not fucking with a church member. You don't know that Satan likes that thing. That's his realm. His realm is the flesh. Satan is very crafty. Don't play into his game. Meetings are jaying up like this. Let me tell you what happens. The realms of this way, everybody knows. We pull flyer, everything. Everybody knows that we're having camp meeting. Let me tell you what is about to happen. You soon start getting irritated. You just start getting grumpy, getting touchy. I'm not coming to church again. That sister offended me. So it might just be a, a joke. A joking, just greet your neighbor. <laughs> greet your neighbor. Welcome to service. So we just share a joke and say, your, your eyes is too big. And you just look at it like, is it because I'm playing with them in that church? <laughs> is it because I'm playing with them too much? What they mean? And that's it. And you won't know that. Satan is trying to make you miss your what? Your time. It's just like Peter. When Jesus met Peter, what did he tell him? You will become a fisher of men, right? Jesus said, you will not become a fisher of fish, you will become a fisher of men. But guess what happened? Towards the, uh, the time, the appointed time, Jesus told him, Peter, Satan has desired to see you because the moment is already coming. The moment was already coming. Jesus told him, he said, Satan has desired to suit you like wheat. Jesus said to him, but I prayed for you that your strength will not fail. And when you are strengthened, come. He says, when you are converted, you strengthen their burden. So Satan knew the time too. He said, ah. You know, he might not obviously know the exact timing, but ah, he's already knowing that, hey, something is about happening. 
So he started inspiring Peter. Peter that boasted and said, I will me deny you. Satan, Peter denied Jesus. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? The next thing, the next, somebody will step on your toe like this. Why did you touch me like that? I'm not coming to church again. And the reason is because they don't want you to come and receive in camp meeting. Satan is very crafty. I'm playing this game. He will want you to get offended. He will want you to just get easily. You will start seeing it now. From now, that's why I'm teaching this. From now to camp meeting, you'll just be grumpy. Just pray in the spirit. <laughs> pray a lot in the spirit. When you pray in the spirit, you will be angry. You just be touchy. So just leave me Ah, what did we carry? What did we throw? <laughs> Somebody will test you. And maybe they forgot. Maybe they used to test you, sis, bro, ma, sa. That day, they just say, they did not put it. So it's rude. So it's so rude. You'll just be picking fault. Ha! It's after you. The time is here. Camp meeting is close. The time, the seasons are here. You just start feeling, you start seeing some of your disciples, just start wondering. You know that church, they pray in tongues too much. I just don't understand. It's trying to make you miss the season. Satan is going to explore every means with you to make you miss that moment. He will. Am I preparing you well? Are you seeing why people don't receive in meetings? Oh, are you following me, guys? So that means you can be in a service nowadays. And do you know that you can be offended that the keyboard is not playing well? How many of you have been in service like that before? You are a believer now. How many of you have been in service before where the keyboard this is not playing well and you are just angry? Let me see your hand. Is that what he's trying to... I'm making it practical now. And you are just angry. And somebody is singing. You are not focused. You are focused on the keys. You are not focused on the lyrics. You are just saying, ha Ah, he's trying to catch you. He's trying to catch you. And let me tell you another way he catches people. Hushers. They are the, <laughs> it seems like they are the first target for every believer. That's why he used to tell hushers in our church, please pray in the spirit well. Be very polite in Jesus' name. Don't let the devil first use you. Ushers will tell you, sit down there. That's the day you have now said, no. It's here I want to see. He said, sit down there. He said, no. <laughs> you know what I'm laughing? I remember the story that happened to me. I will share it with you. <laughs> so you know what I say, Pastor, really? <laughs> I will share it with you. I mean, the next couple of years, I will share it. So much as can be demonic, oh. <laughs> they can make you miss God. <laughs> you are prayed up in the spirit. As you enter the meeting, you can just be washed that will kill your flow. You are saying, camp meeting is my meeting. Camp meeting is my meeting. Camp meeting, oh, I'm going to receive. You are spoken word, you are prayed up. As you enter the, the usher will just say, 
bros, can we just help you carry your Bible to this place? He was that's not what I planned. When I was praying and I visually this thing. I don't know what I'm talking about. You just make sense your head. I won't forget what me do. Oh, no, I will tell you. <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> I will tell you. <laughs> ah! That's why I tell our ushers. I beg you in Jesus' name. Flow with God. <laughs> Flow with God. Ushers for camp meeting. Bro, God, we. Sister Fable. <laughs> Sister Tuvishi. <laughs> Flow with God. And he gave up to his mother. Me. <laughs> Flow with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hushas, ah! they can make you thirst. And when you are there, prayer is going on. And you will just be quiet. It's not as if you can't pray in tongues, so, but you are still angry that. <laughs> the Hushas did something. Yeah, or maybe the teacher is now going on. The usher is now the one saying, Go away! He said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, personal experience. <laughs> the usher is the one shouting, Go away! As the teacher is going, in fact, the pastor even laid this on the usher. You're not holding, Ha! I still will not tell you my story. <laughs> I'll tell you. And you will just be angry. Worship is going on. Pastor is saying, smile to your neighbor. Mm. <laughs> mm. Smile to greet one another. Mm. Lift one hand. I'm not lifting the hand. Worshiping. Is, is, it, is it you I want to worship? Is it not God? <laughs> because of what the usher has done. So don't allow any usher. They will offend you. They can. They may. Because they have to follow other protocol. Are you getting Because the city arrangement has to go the way the plan, we planned it now. You cannot go. It's not your house. It's your house you can say. <laughs> That's something I had to learn. I, this is telling you, a real life story. I had to learn. It's not my church number one. It's my church, I can sit there anywhere. At least I'm the pastor of the church. I can say, start off of this place, let me sit down. Abby, ah, it's not my church, one. Two, it's not my house. It's my house, I can have special seats and say, this is, it's just like when we're, when we're in Nigeria, my father has a special seat. In fact, when they are playing match, he will turn the seat specifically to the TV. He say, I'm the one that buy my TV. So he will, let's say, this is this the TV. My father will stand like this and be watching the TV. And everybody will come from the streets to come and watch TV. Everybody will surround him at the back. He says, it's my TV. <laughs> I have bought my TV myself. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Is you... How many hours? At most, two hours, 30 minutes, you will be done. And you would have been blessed. Look at that woman with the issue of blood. Hope you know they were doing CSO for Jesus. Don't touch him, don't touch him, don't touch him, don't touch him. They must have booted their head away. Leave Jesus alone, leave our master alone. You know, they are only holding knife. Peter will have used his life if I, if, I, if I give you this. So she will have been looking around and say, okay, 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 let, I, I touch it. And when she touched it, that was it. So don't get offended though. Such that, you know, the disciples were even angry when Jesus said, who touched me? 
Ah, master, can't you see what's happening here? We are even trying to cover our best. Try our best. We are still asking who touched you. We are still trying to protect you. Asking who touched you. How many people who touched you? Because the Bible says they trunked him. So they must have been doing, leave our master alone. Leave, I, I, will, I, will, I will slice your head. Peter will say, me, I'm a fisherman. I used to keep fish very well. <laughs> Thomas will say, you know me, I'm a doubter. <laughs> I will kill you in unbelief. <laughs> But, don't be offended. I should get to what I'm saying. Offense will come. People will want to step on your neck. These are the days that, as a church, somebody will just say, hey, you will just get angry. The moment <laughs> is here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you shouldn't pick offense in anything. So be smarter than Satan. Be smarter than Satan. The last thing I will share as I close is false understanding. And I will explain that. There are things that God wants to do that can contradict your understanding. It's not your knowledge. It's not as if God doesn't want you to have understanding. But as at that time, you don't know what's going on. You can be in a place, you are seeing the move of the Spirit, and you don't understand what's happening. Be opened. Jacob was in a place. He saw the ladder reaching up from heaven. He didn't know. He awoke and he said, Ah, wow. So this place I stood is an holy ground. You know, I showed you something last week. I said, Moses had been going to that bush every time. But one encounter changed that bush for him. Till today we still call it the burning bush. How do you explain? That a fire is burning and is not burning a tree. <laughs> How do you want? He has not read it anywhere in the law. I'll be in the scripture. It's happening for the first time. And yet it's a move of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? So there are things that happens in a meeting. Because of the specificity of the timing that God wants to do this in this time. Because this camp meeting is a meeting. In fact, camp meeting, every meeting in church, we pray. We trust God. We trust God that things happen in the meeting. And he may want to visit you at that time and do something with you, show you an encounter, and you are in your head grappling I don't understand this. And you're thinking, this is fake. I asked the question. I think I was teaching in URL one time and I said, why is it that our first introduction to the supernatural is first negative? Why is it that when you first, when you were younger, the first time you saw maybe tongues or you saw somebody healing the sick, you first doubted it. This is demonic. Why did you first say that? Why is it that 90% of people have that experience? I mean, I might be wrong, but I, I can tell you majority of Christians have that experience. When they first saw this, they said, what's this? Ah, ah. Such that they saw manna, they called him manna. Manna means, what's this? They are seeing food, they are still asking, what's this? If me, I will see food, I will still, I will first eat it before I start questioning it. At least, it's because they are not hungry now. 
So there are things that God will do that will contradict, that might contradict our understanding of the word at that time. That it might take us till after the meeting for us to go and start doing series to explain what happened. That's what happened in the day of Pentecost. They saw them speaking with tongues and what did they say? They said, these guys were drunk. These guys, Peter now said, ah, brethren, this is of the third hour of the day. You see, he now said, we are not even as drunk as you suppose. That means, <laughs> there's even more we could have done with this. The, look at what happened. He now taught them, then that same 3,000 now got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But do you know what they first did? They first mocked it. So that means you can be in a place. But do you know that if they had believed that what is happening there is true, they would have joined in the flow. Am I talking to somebody? So that means there can be a move of God happening. People are having an encounter. Public people are even shouting. People are saying, you are just angry. You see, why, why is that offense? You are just angry. Why, why are they just screaming in my ears? But you, somebody might be going through that encounter. You are just wondering, ah, what's going on? Somebody, people are falling down. You are wondering why they fall down. Don't worry. I even have a teaching I'm going to teach. I've done it years ago, but I'm going to do it again. Go and listen to it to, 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 to on SoundCloud. Why are they falling? Why do people fall down? I'm still going to do it again. Why do people fall down? Is it an Hindu practice or what? We're going to explain it from the scripture again. In fact, we're going to release a pamphlet on it. Just because we live in a world where there are sissistonists. People that don't believe in the move of God. Why would you know? Why would you be a Christian and don't believe in the move of God? Why would you be a Christian and don't believe in the power of God? I saw a conference that they are doing. They say you pay $299 in Florida to attend a sessionist meeting. Hey, I will not pay that such a money for an unbelief meeting. And the glory of God is free. Ah, how do you get to what I'm saying? So that means there can be a move of God happening in a place and you don't understand it. Am I making sense? But that doesn't mean it is fake or demonic because it is the atmosphere of the Spirit of God. That mindset that wants you to be demonic is the mindset that wants you to miss out in the moment. I remember, I told you the story, my first encounter with visions and revelations. We went to a meeting. I didn't even write a note. We didn't know how to explain. It was my friend who now explained it to us later. What happened? And I used to tell you, I said, before that meeting, me and my friend, we fought. God has saved us that we do not allow offense in the house from receiving. So you can be in a place. Things are happening around you. But because of your skeptic mindset, you're just wondering, what's going on? Drop the skepticism. You are not a skeptic, you are a believer. In an atmosphere of God, it is God things that happen there. The Spirit of God is there. We can't pray so much for a meeting, fast so much for a meeting, prepare so much, and the demons we have a place there. It's not possible. It says, where two or more are gathered, it is God that is there. So that means there are things you might not be able to understand. I've seen several things in ministrations before that I'm seeing it for the first time and I'm wondering, ah, God, I have to study you. I don't know this one. And yet, I know it's the move of God. I remember the first thing, I remember the first time I saw visions. I called it vibe. I didn't know it was vision. I said, ah, I'm just vibing. I'm just, <laughs> my eyes is just seeing things. 
but I didn't doubt it. So people can rejoice. And you'll be wondering, is demonic? How will rejoicing be demonic? How will people be happy be demonic? We are rejoicing, we are shouting, we are saying glory to God, running around, you say it's demonic. How will you rejoice? Is it not sadness that should be demonic? When you go to a place, everybody will say, hallelujah. Is that, that not what should be demonic? Ah, is this the presence of God is fullness of joy? Are you getting what I'm saying? We are rejoicing, we are running around, jumping, glory, shouting. You say it's demonic. How can that be demonic? I thought it's sadness and tears that should be demonic. So there are things that can contradict our understanding of God's word as said now. But as far as we are praying, we can't miss out on the spirit of God. So God wants to do a lot. Play for me, I close. I'm not a skeptic. I am a believer. I am not a skeptic. I am a believer. I can tell you, as we are preparing for camp meeting, even in our meetings, meetings as we prepare, Tuesday services, Sunday services, midweek services, Bible seminars, even in camp meeting, there's so much God wants to do. Because we are under His rain, under His cloud. But you and I must be open. You and I must be open. You and I must be open to those experiences. The day of Pentecost happened for the first time. People mocked it. But you do see that when they were now taught, they now did the same thing they mocked. How about you have that same experience first? There are some things that can happen in this camp meeting. That even me, I am open to learn. Because I'm praying. We are trusting God. This camp meeting is heaven in earthly places. We are trusting God that what He should do things beyond our mind, beyond our imaginations. Such an every outpouring of the glory of God. Such that we will be so drenched and we will live and people will say we are being with God. You know, experiences is such that. What happened to Peter was such that after the experience with the book of Acts, he became bolder to preach. That means when we leave an encounter, when we leave a meeting, something must rub off on us. Something must be, it must be evident that something happened to us. When Moses saw God in the burning bush, what happened? His life changed. He could not address Pharaoh. That exact thing he ran away for for 40 years, he could not do it. Look at Paul, Saul of Tarsus. The very minute he saw God, he says, I am Jesus who you persecute. And look at what happened. Some people say he got blind. No, he did not get blind. It was the glory of God that shut his eyes. Because it was, it was much of the fragrance of God. And he stood up and immediately, look at something. He fell down a killer and rose up a preacher. <laughs> so that means when we leave a place, have you seen that? When we say your life will not remain the same after a meeting, are you understanding what it means? Ah. Look at Jacob. He now had an experience. See, today we still call it, we still say Bethel, Bethel. But it was, it was Jacob that named it Bethel that you are calling it Bethel. 
Some people say, my church is a better church. My church is a better started with Jacob because he had an encounter. God now revealed himself and said, I am the God of Bethel. He called it a place. So there are timings and there are moments that you must not miss. So, and you say, when I say time, can, can that mean seasons? Opportunities? Places of appointments? Ah. So, are you seeing what happened in Luke 19? They missed the time of Jesus' visitation because they didn't know. They were expecting, what were they expecting? They were expecting God to come down in the way that we understand. But he came down like a man, just like them, and they didn't get it. They were too familiar. So there are things God wants to do. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting for more. I'm hungry for more. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with what I am now or what where I am now. So I'm going for more. And it can happen in a way I don't understand. Yes, I'm open to it. We don't have to understand it. We will teach it later. Let's first get into the flow. Peter now taught them the gifts of the Spirit later. But they spoken in tongues. 120 first did it. But that encounter of that 120, COVID us as a fire, all of those things, you, you are still, some people are still waiting for COVID as a fire, but it was their own. <laughs> you will have to wait for your own experience. So there are times, there are moments. And I'll say this, I remember some years ago, I called the case out of someone who was having something around the eye, ear issues or something. I know Fever was in that meeting that day. And I, I called that case and the person did not come out. And some people will come. So I've seen that thing you know, happen over the years. And something, some people will come and meet you after the service and say, I'm the one you were calling. You know, I just did not want to come out. This and, that. and I tell them, I said, Yes, the person got you, though. The person shared the testimony. I said, But there's something on me at that time when I called it that might not be on me when I'm in the green room. So maximize the time and the moment. Seize it. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. This is like a, we call it spirit upon. It's like an unction or a grace that is upon me at that time. That might not be on me when I get to the office. So why not maximize? Some people are just saying, wait for the next meeting. You missed out. Getting what I'm saying, don't miss the moment. Some people, God is telling you, start taking off for camp meeting. You are arguing. Don't pre- you can't predict the session you want yourself. Don't dictate for God. They say if it's basically five days, you say you will come. I'll come the last day. I'll come and share the grace. <laughs> don't miss the moment. There's a time. Are you saying there's a time? we be on our feet and we just pray for ourselves that we don't miss the moments in our lives how about that let's just hold our hands and let's agree for one another that the seasons the times that God has placed in our hands that we don't miss them let's pray that we have the summits we have the moments that we create the room that you're not a skeptic that Lift your voices and let's pray. Lift your voices and let's pray.
Lift your voices and let's pray. Mando sefrekeski praga dasko boruto zevratis ketabra da daske. That I don't miss the moment. That I don't miss the moment. I don't miss the time. I am sensitive. I am discerning. Shabarata prato supretega. Seprakas galente brukoske vranana. Riko shanda broso prede praga diske pada. Rasamana manataya. Seprotso fretegas. Thank you, Lord. Last um, last week, I had an experience. April 4, 2021. I will never forget it. I was in a meeting, and they were singing a song, and I was just angry that they were singing. I was just wondering, what type of song is this? Interestingly, that's one of my best songs today now. <laughs> and they were singing the song, and I was just angry in my heart, like, what was this? Because day one, they did not call my kids. It was a five-day meeting, just like we we're. Preparing for camp meeting, and I came because I needed a miracle. Day one, they knock on my case. Day two, they knock on my case. Day three, they knock on my case. Day four, and I was already thinking it's over. So I was just there. I was just wondering what song are they singing. But something in my heart just told me. I think it was a friend that was always telling me. I just said, ah, "Why are you nonchalant?" And I just said, "Well, it's because." Ah, and I said, she not told me, she said, trust God now. And I said, ah, okay. So I now changed my attitude immediately. And then I started singing the song. Do you know? Immediately the preacher got into the pulpit. The next thing he said is, there is a preacher here. You came from out of the country to this camp meeting. And that was it. He? Eh? Is it not your case? They are calling like that. I said, it's me. Oh. And I ran out. Look at, I would have almost missed the moment. Because of a song. I share with us, I said, the devil is not don't fall into the tricks of the devil are you getting what I'm saying let's be wise let's pray again and we don't miss the moment I mean, and this thing is let's stretch it into every aspect of our lives not just also in meetings not just, not just meetings but seasons of our life that we don't miss the moment, let's pray about that let's pray about that Let's pray about that. Mando sevrekes gabara dasi, sebara da disco porotos vretes. Now we don't miss the moment. There is a timing. Shaso pretega, mando cruce celebratisi. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We give you the praise. 